0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Her on Top podcast. Today, we are going to share with you who we are and why this podcast matters. And make sure to stay tuned for a fun childhood story and pop culture hot take. Also, if you enjoy this episode today, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review with topics you would like us to discuss. All right, let's get into it. We are Kayla Moore and... I'm Alex Langlois. Hello guys and welcome. Welcome. We are your co-hosts for this podcast and this is our first episode. So this is very exciting and we are getting our feet wet. So we're excited to start this journey with each other and with all of you. Um, Today we are just going to chat about who we are, why we're here, what is important to us about this podcast and tell you a little bit about our friendship. And then we have some fun things that are going to take place at the end of the episode. Um, I can go first and tell you a little bit about me. So again, my name is Kayla. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and I own my own private practice in Gig Harbor, Washington. Um, and I really wanted to start this podcast with Alex in particular because she is my best friend, but, Hello, um, we have also both grown up in very similar families. Um, we started this friendship when we were in elementary school and, um, We both have a passion for discussing the topics of sex and relationships. Um, I personally work with relationships and sex in my practice, and that is kind of the specialty that I have in my work with clients. Um, But personally, it's something that I really want to create a space for women to feel like they have a way to understand themselves better because society at large does not typically give us a lot of space and room to understand what is it like to be a woman that actually feels pleasure in your body. I think that's something that we are not told a lot or given the space and room to explore. Um, so I think that's the main reason why I really wanted to do this podcast. Um, what about you, Alex? Why are you here and who are you? <laughs> Hello, everyone.
1: I'm Alex. And a bit similarly to Kayla, of course, I I don't think that these topics get brought out enough. They are definitely starting to. I mean, I have a ton of other podcasts that I just like Kayla listen to that start to get into this and discuss the topics that for years and years and years were taboo that we just don't talk about. It's not a socially acceptable thing. Well, you know what? It is socially acceptable. We all do it. Most of us are all in relationships, whether it does happen to be with a romantic partner or your family, your friends. Everyone exists in a relationship. Unless you live in a cave 10 feet down, you're existing in one. Mm Mm-hmm most all humans unless you are completely celibate which don't know how you do it to those people i'm so sorry i i just don't know how you do that but power to you for your restraint most of us are all having sex as well so they're totally normal and natural things that happen and i hate that when they get pushed in to this taboo topic they don't need to be taboo they aren't taboo so Just like Kayla, I want to open the veil of this and kind of get into it a little bit more. And also thank you to all the people before Kayla and I who have kind of started to open these doors for us to be able to let us have this conversation with all of you guys and not have it be ever weird, awkward, stagnant, nothing. Just two people discussing, hopefully with an audience that you all enjoy and love this, what we think is important that we have to go through in our lives and these are things that affect everybody so i do love that we're discussing it in this way together and like kayla said just creating an open and honest space for you to exist you don't have to be anything you're not you get to be exactly who you are here with us and it have the exact opinions and thoughts that you have that also will probably come with possibly maybe if some people listen to this podcast who don't have the same opinion as us, that's all right too. We all get to exist here and we get to have an honest and productive conversation about this. Like I think – it. tell me if I'm wrong, Kayla, but I think that is kind of part of what we had the intention to create here.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think – Something that I have witnessed in my own practice is that there are a lot of people in general, but more specifically women too, um, that just don't know a lot about sex or a lot about their bodies, that a lot of us have been raised in families or in a culture that it wasn't okay to talk about sex or... Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of just learn from peers and their own experiences. And, um, you know, I have had clients that didn't even know what a lot of the different parts of you know, their own their, body was, their body was, and how yep. to create pleasure in their body. So, um, wait, I are- would go ahead. I would just
1: like to shout out public and even also private schools as. We'll probably get into this with you. We did go to one. Um, hello, guys. Can can we please maybe like PSA start having educational health and sex education, please, that is not rooted in fear-mongering. Because just like Kayla was saying of people not knowing things, please raise your hand if you truly thought for most of your life that you can get pregnant any given day of the month, anytime, the moment sperm. Enters your vagina, boom. You just did that. You could be pregnant. That is, hello, welcome to the world of fertility issues. Once you get into your thirties, like you learn, that is so not true. And the fear mongering aspect of it, like I, I do just wonder, Kayla, do you have to work through that part that the edu- that I feel like the educational system set up so badly for us? with your clients of just reteaching things too, because I feel like that's a huge part of this is that no one is taught in a respectful and positive manner to think about these topics in a positive way. I just feel like there's always such an undertone of fear and bad behind it. And Mm -hmm. do you have to kind of unbunk that with your patients?
0: Absolutely. That's probably a good chunk of what I do is educating where this stuff comes from. And I mean, this is really convoluted. It's not an easy, you know, point your finger at one entity or system that, you know, this is very political. It's also mm-hmm. cultural. It's also, you know, based on religious beliefs that have obviously, you know, even though we're supposed to be a separation of church and state have seeped into a lot of
1: Everything how
0: we... Know. we Yeah, think about these things, kind of our values around sex and relationships uh, in our culture still, um, you know, a lot of this is very patriarchal. So there's just there's a lot of different um, elements here that are influencing why this is just so hard. But I think to what you're saying, there isn't a lot of bridging the gap of what does it look like to have healthy sex within also a healthy relationship. I think we're either taught about relationships or we're taught about sex, but we're usually not taught them together in what it looks like to have sex within the context of a relationship and to feel like that is healthy and good and that each partner has the ability to ask for the things that they want and to say no when they want to say no and yes, when they want to say yes and to explore their own bodies alongside of that relationship too. I know that there's a lot of people that feel uncomfortable with self-pleasure within the context of a relationship. So there's just a lot of different ways to think about this and we don't get a very good foundation or understanding of how do we feel comfortable about ourselves in a sexual way and how do we feel comfortable about sex within the context of a relationship as well?
1: You know, I think that's actually, God, I have to just stop for a second to our audience and you and say, dear God, you sometimes blow me away with the knowledge you have within your industry and field and the way that you connect things together because listening to you there right now I, I don't think i ever fully put together the aspect of that we're never taught sex within a relationship they're they're kind of just two separate entities that seem to exist and that's fascinating to me that it's just like a light bulb just went off honestly which Hello. This is also, guys. Why we are doing this podcast? Because we're only eleven minutes in, and Kayla has already said something that made a light bulb go off in my head. Of oh, hmm, that does make sense. Hence, our who, what, when, where, why of this podcast today. But going back to it, I, you aren't taught that anywhere, and that's a really can be a very difficult or new thing to navigate also depending on two individuals' sexual preferences of things that you like, what you've maybe been used to, what you're not, mm-hmm. anything like that, and how to navigate that with the other person and together. Like that—that that is not taught anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I also think that, you know, as – as we're talking, as we're getting more comfortable here, um, that this is just a space too that I think a lot of women, and again, we're kind of narrowing our focus to women, but this is really beneficial to anyone, um, of having a safe space to talk about these things. Because again, I think even with close friends, even with family, I think women really struggle with feeling like we have space to just talk about our own experiences and to feel normal and you know bounce things off of each other that it's like do you experience this oh yeah I experienced this too and I think even though that seems very rudimentary it can be so powerful to just know that you're not alone and to really try to understand these things as a collective instead of just feeling isolated on your own that makes perfect
1: sense that makes perfect sense. I don't know. I am just so excited we get to try to create this place for people because I I do think that there is so much value in it and in just bringing to light topics that, like we've said a couple of times, that just don't get to see the light of day quite as much and that we want to create that for you. I. Oh, it's been a little bit of a time coming, guys. I will tell you of us organizing and putting this whole thing together and starting recording today. I cannot I can't lie to you. I am so, so excited for this journey. Um, mm-hmm. As everyone knows, starting anything like the mundane, like getting things together part always kind of sucks. It's probably no one's fun part of anything. I mean, unless you're crazy, crazy detail oriented and really love that and power to you if that is you. But Getting into this space today, I am just so happy about it. Like, I'm so thrilled. I am thrilled to be here and to be doing this. Yeah. And I will say, I'd like to point out an interesting thing to me in us doing this and our backgrounds a little bit. Because two Catholic school, private school graduates <laughs> having this conversation in public for the masses to hear like that is to me a very interesting also part of this that we both grew up going to private Catholic school from basically the time we were five six all the way through high school. We we did the religious schooling the entire way and it was true Catholic school. That is we had nuns, we had the gambit of it. Thank God we still didn't get hit on the hands with rulers at the year that we went through school. Thank God. But It it was an interesting and different environment that I don't think someone might have necessarily said, oh, yeah, they're going to want to start a podcast talking about sex and relationships. And I just think, to me, that's also kind of a really interesting juxtaposition between some of our history of our life and us doing this in that a lot of the places where we were at in our life and schooling and things like that i don't think allowed as much space for conversations like this it it just didn't it wasn't it wasn't meant to that was not something that really got brought into anything we did i don't we did. We we went through K to eight together with school, and we both went to two different Seattle Catholic high schools. So we did K through eight together, same classes, same place, and then high schools were different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know as much about you for high school where you went, and yours is even more interesting on the fact that I did go to a co-ed Catholic high school, but you went yes. to an all girls Catholic high school.
0: Yes, I did.
1: So there is that element. Shout out Holy Names Academy in
0: Seattle. Um. Yeah. I loved high school, by the way. It was one of my favorite times in life. So yes, shout out to Holy Names.
1: And I think in itself, that's a very interesting dynamic for you to even talk on is that I don't think most people, which this is something that still to this day fascinates me, is the openness and camaraderie that this private all-girls Catholic high school in Seattle seems to create. It's not what you would think, right? Like you would think everybody's super serious and you know, just about school and this and that and you're not allowed to do this and you are allowed to do this and don't talk to the boys and that's why they're not here and all of that and the boys aren't here so they don't distract you and la-da-da-da-da, all that crap, right? Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, it creates the exact, from what I've heard of you, and your experience is going there it created the exact opposite environment it created such an open environment for all of you girls mm-hmm. to really actually sometimes i think maybe be able to talk about a lot of these different things and and just topics of once you're growing and becoming more of an adult coming into your individuality and um and your sexuality as well like it's mm-hmm. it's a very important time in your life and I find it very fascinating that for what people might consider to be the more serious place versus like maybe where I went to school, which was very, it was co ed. It, it was a Catholic private school. So it was, it was difficult and they expect a lot. But it was also a very athletics based school that I went to. And ironically, I am in no way an athlete whatsoever. Um, and it, it did not foster an open dialogue and atmosphere that yours did in in that way. And I do find that very interesting that when you do get a group of of all one gender together like that mm-hmm. the way that it can open up in that way. So I just I just think that it's kind of interesting that we're able and we're wanting to have these discussions and we have the background that we did because I just mm-hmm. don't think that would be maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see that as as
0: common as yeah, it should be, possibly, yeah. you know? I agree. And I think going into this is probably best for another episode. But um yeah, I think, again, female spaces are really powerful and can allow us space and time to be reverent to who we are as women. And I mean, that's obviously not – the same across the board that everyone has their own experiences and being a woman is different for everyone. And obviously there's more than just men and women. So I think it's important to know that, you know, gender is also a construct as well. But, um, I think in general having, you know, the concept of safe spaces, it's not to exclude other people, but it's to give space and time to the experiences that this group of people is having. And I do think, yeah, high school was a really important time for that. And of course there were, you know, some faculty that did have a little bit more conservative strict standards, but I think in general, it was a really positive, empowering space. It was more of a feminist space and, a space for us to yeah, you know, really dig into like, who are we as individuals and growing in ourselves? Um And, you know, there were always the O'Day boys that you could go have some fun with if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. you,
1: you do have the boys <laughs> yeah. right down the hill, not too yeah. far, just literally walking distance from you when you want them.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't like we were deprived of any <laughs> normal, experiences as a teenager if you wanted to go you know have those have those experiences but i think just in our day-to-day lives to just be able to yeah not have to worry about the whole dating aspect of school while we were in high school um or at least like in class during the day yeah um, was really nice like yeah and again i think we could go into this in a different episode cuz i do want us to talk more about
1: yes this How
0: did we meet and what was it like for us to be in Catholic elementary school together Ooh. and developing our friendship together? I love this. So, to the best of my
1: recollection, and this is I also think this is a very odd yet somewhat funny thing for me, of there are certain friendships in my life that I still hold to this day incredibly dear that it didn't start out with us initially loving everything about each other or loving each other at all like it started out with I don't actually know if I really like them at all yeah and then magically this like flip of a switch and this connection happens where you then go oh Mm-hmm. oh, wait, like you share all these different experiences with me and you can connect with me on all these different things that other people seem to not be able to. Yeah. And I just think it's funny. I don't know if it's a personality trait thing with specifically me. I I do think maybe it is, but I can point to multiple friendships where <laughs> I didn't think I was going to like them at first and then I really did. So I I think that's an interesting one with our friendship too, where – Initially, when we were very young, we did have different sets of like kind of friends a little bit. And I don't really know what year maybe it was. Maybe like about the third, was it about the second or third grade maybe? That we actually started then becoming friends. I know by, I know 100% by like fifth grade-ish there, we were very, yeah. very good friends. We were incredibly yeah. good friends. We were best friends. We did so much together all the time. Yeah. And then after that, it always was. But like the years before that are a little bit hazy for me on when that fully happened. But mm-hmm. I I do think... Because, like Kayla said at the start of the episode, she and I both had very, very, very shared experiences of home lives.
0: Yeah, and very, still very different, but yes, I think around values and also being only children. Ding, we ding, ding, grew up similarly in that way.
1: Yes, um, I think we, we, so yes, so a little backstory history, right? We both grew up only children. Um, and we had parents who were really working very hard at their careers and to make a life for us where any ad- advantage they could possibly provide for us, they they didn't try to. So, I mean, we our, our parents were doing a lot mm-hmm. um, for us mm-hmm. and for that part, so we spent a lot of time also both of us with our grandparents as kind of like the primary like stay at home mom if you will right mm-hmm. we both of our moms worked very hard intense corporate jobs where they yeah. were in charge of a lot and yeah. so, and when
0: I started going to the school that we went to my mom was a single mom so yes very big to note just moved into my grandparents house after my parents split up I will also note though just because I know family will listen to this I do actually have a half brother so I'm not a completely only child but in my day-to-day life growing up he did not live with me so yeah I grew up as an only child and then with a single mom. So yeah, as Alex was saying, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, on our own and having to kind of figure out how we were going to entertain ourselves.
1: We did. We, yes, we spent a lot of, we were just forced to be very independent. We, Mm -hmm. We really were. And I think and I mean, with
0: grandparents too. Like, yes.
1: So, I mean, so, yes. So, like, we both basically had the shared experience where our parents worked longer hours. The people who picked us up, took us to school, took us to our after school activities, got snack time, did all that stuff. Those were grandparents, right? Coming in and filling in for our parents who were having to work. Yeah. So, there was that. And then there was also this whole part of that, though, that as we kept getting older, the more independent we had to be and i mean especially even you with helping your mom with different stuff because your mom was a single mom mm-hmm. um and you know and even and the expectations that they both put on us for what they required of us were very similar um yeah. we we both we both grew up in you know homes where we had to help clean we had to Keep our rooms tidy. Like, we, there was no like, let me just shut the door and pretend that your room isn't a complete and utter pigsty and it's fine. I'll walk by it. It's your room. That was not, no. So, we, we had a lot of structure from how our parents are, mm-hmm. in that our, our, our home lives were just so similar. I think once we really got to be friends and like spent a lot of time at each other's houses, Mm-hmm. I think we really then started seeing like, oh, wow, like, yeah, we were very much raised in very, very similar ways and with very similar expectations of mm-hmm. what we were expected to be able to do and handle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think there was that. I mean, I will note for the audience, like, just so everyone knows, I was kind of shit show as a as a child <laughs> a lot more than Kayla. Kayla was the organized one. She had a place for everything. She cleaned everything up with that when she was done. I was a lot more of the tornado running around in the circle that you kind of had to wrangle to do it. Um,
0: yeah, I was just, say our personalities handled those things differently, <laughs> very
1: differently. Yes, we were. Yeah, you you were what my mother would have absolutely dreamt of. Um, I gave her hell, so yeah. I I was I. We will admit, Kayla really was the very good one. I truly was the hellion. Like anything I could get myself in trouble with, anything I wasn't supposed to do. I mean, even as a kid, Kayla would look at me like, "Are you really actually supposed to do that?" And it's like, <laughs> probably not. But what? Why are you giving me like the the mom? attitude about it right now. Like you're supposed to be on my side and just like having the fun with me. So I think that is also what makes our relationship so special to me as well is just that we are we are so similar in so many ways and we are also so different in so mm-hmm. many ways. So that it just ends up becoming this great balance between the two where – you provide things that there's never really going to be a day that I'm going to bring that into the mix and vice versa. So that did just help us to build a really good friendship that we've been able to maintain. So we have, let's just say, what do we want to say? Like seven, maybe we were friends by seven,
0: seven or eight? Uh, No, because seven or eight was like first grade, first and second grade. So I would say at least by 10, 10 yeah
1: okay so if we if we could just go with the ballpark number of 10 then we're going to say that we've really been incredibly close for 20 years now 20 yeah. years we're both 30 yeah that's that's how long this friendship has lasted and the fascinating thing to me too is Kayla and I have one of these friendships where There had been different years where I lived in a different state than she did and we went to different colleges and we did all these different things, but there's never been a day that we're not able to come back together and it is though no time has passed. Like It is one of those friendships where you just know I could spend four months without seeing you and if I sat down at a table with you, it would just be nonstop game of ping pong conversation going back and forth. Like no time had passed. So yeah,
0: that's literally why we wanted to start this podcast. Exactly. Every time we meet up, we talk for too long. Well, we talk, (laughs) we never leave the space that we started in. We always walk in the door and end up standing in the kitchen or sitting on a couch and talking for four hours instead of of going out and doing the things that we actually had planned on doing. So (laughs) um we felt like we would be perfect to For talk into this. a microphone and why not try to record these conversations around this specific topic. Um, I also wanted to note, because this podcast is about relationships, and it's going to typically be around intimate relationships, but I think all relationships can benefit from a lot of the aspects that I hope to get into talking about. And I think this relationship friendship in particular i think was one of the first ones where i really had started listening to my gut about who i felt comfortable with and actually like wanted to be in a relationship or a friendship with i keep saying relationship Uh, wanted to be in a friendship with i'm in a relationship Um, with you girl yeah i mean yes (laughs) (laughs) friendships are relationships um but, you know, like kids go through the whole trying to fit in and trying to find, you know, where do I belong? And I definitely had instances where I was trying to be friends with people that didn't really want to be friends with me and, you know, would leave me on the playground and think it's funny or, you know, just do dumb stuff that kids do. But that feels really, like you're being rejected and that these, you know, these are people that you want to be in relationship with, but they're showing you them. that they don't want you. Um, and so I think you and I kind of were in that space where we were trying to figure out who, who are, you, you know, the people that are going to have your back mm-hmm. and you and I both started out having another best friend yep. when we were little in like first and second grade. And I don't really remember what happened with you and your best friend. I know my best friend. I actually don't even remember what happened with me and my best friend. I, remember I don't we remember what happened with- out of some sort. And then we yeah. stopped being friends at some point in like second grade or something like that. Um, I hate to say too,
1: I'm not going to lie. I'm, yeah. I'm a little weird myself. Like that. I will 100% classify myself as a little weird. There, no <laughs> doubt about that. But I weird. will say, I think Megan got a little too weird for me. Mm. I think she got a little too weird even for me saying something. So I want to say I kind of wanted just more of an equilibrium, I think, maybe. I don't
0: remember what happened with you and Blake. but Well, that's interesting because then... Megan ended up going to high school with me and I actually loved Megan. I I, I ended up being good friends with Megan <laughs> later later in high school in life. So, I mean we all go through weird awkward phases and definitely, you know, we all have our own quirks and especially at that age like oh yeah. you're just live and let live. You don't really hopefully, I mean if you are someone that isn't filtering yourself and trying to make yourself fit in like Better to you. I think that's honestly yeah. need to be is just to be free to be themselves. So yeah. Anyway, things happened. We broke up with our best friends. friends. Yeah. Like we're saying we're we broke up with our boyfriends and then got together. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we broke up with our best friends <laughs> probably around the same time. Yeah. Um, or within the same year. And then I think, yeah, we just ended up finding each other and seeing that this was a friendship that wasn't for anyone else besides just ourselves that we felt comfortable with each other and even though we were complete opposites we did yeah it worked really well and and I think it's interesting even though it has been challenging setting us up to start this podcast but these traits that we're talking about are still true today. Yeah. And I think 100% still are seeing like the hard part about being opposites, but then also trying to see the benefit in that. And I think, you know, you bring out a sense of just like, fuck it energy <laughs> that I need to work on myself. I'm so always kind of by the book. I mean, I'm fucking in a way of like, I don't want to follow the status quo. I always want to do nope. my own thing, but if I set my sights on doing something, I have to do it by the book to be able to do it well. And Where I throw you, the book out the window
1: on yeah. I five and let the pages just go. And yeah. then I go, okay, that was a fun outline. Let me remake all of it. So
0: it's right. yes. Right. So
1: it was like it was a little bit of an interesting start to getting this created. I will say that it was, you know, there were days where it was harder than it was easier for sure. But I will say right now though, I am so proud that we, oh, we worked even through that, which was Mm -hmm. a little bit harder to do to create this and be here today on the first day of recording. Like it was so (laughs) worth it. I will say that like every little bit of what might've been difficult to get this up and running Mm -hmm. today,
0: like, Made it so worth it. Mm -hmm. For me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other things that you want to chat about our origin of our friendship, or do you feel like you are ready to move on to our funny story that we have? You
1: know, I was just going to see if we want to give them a little bit of a quick background on where we're at right now in our
0: lives. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking. It was, and it
1: it took me a minute to figure out how I wanted to like put that together in my head. But yeah, but just give them a short little background of, you know, where are you at right now in the stage of your life? And mm-hmm. where am I at? So that they can, because now they've kind of got the backstory. They know that we've grown up together, that our families have grown up spending time together, things like this. Mm-hmm. But where are we today? Yeah.
0: Okay. So again, You guys know that professionally, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, but I am also a wife of five years now. We just had our five year anniversary, and my husband and I have been together now for 10 years this year as well. So, it's been a very long term relationship so far um, that we met in college and have been going strong ever since. Um, And we now are the proud parents of a almost 20-month-old, so essentially one-and-a-half-year-old. And he's amazing. And parenthood is all the things that you hear. It's amazing and super hard, but I love it. And I've been definitely navigating how to be a career mom that, you know, now owns two businesses and is really, you know, trying to grow myself in my career and the things that I love to do while also, you know, balancing all the other relationships and responsibilities in my life. And they're all amazing things. I definitely am so grateful for everything that I have. Um, but it doesn't, mean that it doesn't come with its challenges. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I think just to know that we kind of touched on the fact that, you know, my parents split when I was young, but I think that's really where some of my passion for relationships comes in that I have always been oriented towards relationships. I think that aspect of my life for a lot of people, it kind of detours them from relationships. And I think somehow it just propelled me to just want to know how do we do this really well. Um, Which can
1: I just say, not to interrupt you badly, but like that is really, really cool because a lot of people take so much baggage from parental or important figures who Mm -hmm. have relationships that get deteriorated and Mm -hmm. it can sometimes create such a negative outcome for later. And I just think it's fascinating the way that like you basically went down this route of like, I want to educate, like, how does this not happen?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, again, it goes with my personality that if I figure out something I want, then I have to do it well. <laughs> um, and I knew that I wanted relationships, that I wasn't scared to be in relationship. With people, because I think that's something that's really important to me. Um, And I do think, you know, some of it does come from my baggage that I really wanted someone in my life that I felt secure with after not having necessarily that same type of relationship. I just kind of wanted to put it out there that I really love talking about these topics because I've been there myself of having hard family dynamics and. Definitely like my relationship is not perfect in any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that my husband and I have done a lot and continue to do a lot to really try to keep our relationship as healthy as possible. Like we also go to therapy. Our therapist actually married us. I Being a therapist was- myself, I pulled my husband into therapy in grad school and like made him go to couples therapy because I was like, I want to know what it's like. And I feel like we would benefit from it. And we've been doing it ever since. And we only do it about once a month just to kind of check in. But it's always a great space for us to have together to just refocus on us, refocus on what we need in our relationship. And I'm actively doing the work alongside of all of you as well. Um, can so I also kind of me. yeah, just add and say for any of our audience listeners who, if
1: any of you are therapy couples, which congratulations and good on you for trying to do the work and get through it to make yourselves the best couple you can be together. So fantastic on you. If you are doing that and you are not married yet, may I just say after being a part of Kayla's wedding party and in the wedding and things like this, actually having a therapist marry you is one of the coolest officiants that I have ever seen that had the most insightful and thoughtful things to say about the couple. Unfortunately, I we are not in therapy, so I don't have a person to do that. i now really remembering this. I kind of wish I do. Um, shout out to who our officiant is. I do love him dearly. He's a great person. He's exa- There's a reason we chose him. But if you actually are a therapy couple and you aren't married yet and you're not super religious and you don't know who to ask, can I just implore you? Think on asking your therapist. It was one of the most beautifully said wedding ceremonies I have ever been to in my life. I've never heard a better officiant
0: than their therapist marrying them, just so all of you know. That's funny because we just watched our video back for our anniversary and (laughs) there were things that he said that I was like, God, I wish that we would have gone over this because i <laughs> <laughs> It's like we don't need to talk about benjamin franklin like that oh I that doesn't that he, resonate with me but i didn't yeah. even re-
1: oh, okay now i'm not gonna lie to you before we have my wedding this year we uh we should definitely re-watch that video because now i want to re-see that <laughs> because i don't yeah. remember him talking at all about benjamin
0: franklin <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did. He really did. I'll also throw out there that if you are asking your therapist, like our therapist actually did this on the side of being a therapist and offered oh. it to us. We didn't just ask him to oh, do it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so I didn't know that. Okay. He was also an officiant and Already. was willing to do that because there's myself included. I think it'd be cool to do that. But myself included, a lot of therapists like we don't necessarily want to have multiple ties to our clients because there's kind of an ethical thing around that so
1: oh sorry i didn't mean if you're to lead down a wrong road it's, but. <laughs> it's okay.
0: if your therapist is oh, willing and able to be an officiant and is like you know ordained obviously you can get ordained on you know whatever.com but um yeah. Just make sure that your therapist is actually willing and able to do that first before you go down that path. But it, it definitely was. And both my husband and I are just, are, we're not religious after being, after talking are about being Catholic and growing up Catholic. We didn't I, want Catholic I, I, weddings. I, yeah. Well, hence nope. this podcast. Obviously, we're not super Christian here. No, um, we're not. Which, you know, I, not bashing Christians, but- Not at all. Not at all. Not, but- in the conservative mindset for this podcast. No, Um, I hate to
1: tell you, this is just for our audience listening. You will never, ever once on this podcast, unless we decide to do a, like, let's break them down of why we don't agree with this. You will never hear the words or get things that are conservative Christian values. No. That is, this is not the place for that. This no. is, that is not what we
0: subscribe to. Sorry. No. no. We are both very liberal. So. Yes. If that was not already apparent. Um, it should
1: be. We live in Seattle, Washington, for most of you who yeah. could listen to this. So, yes, we we very much are. Um, yeah. So just to
0: throw Give out that disclaimer. That, I, Sorry, know.
1: guys. <laughs> I didn't mean to lead you astray there. I just wanted to enforce that. I did think it was a beautiful ceremony. And I think that they have a good insight into who you are as a couple. And sometimes random people don't. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of where I was trying to go with that.
0: But okay, so, yes. yes. And Alex was in my wedding. She was kind of the unofficial maid of honor since I didn't really tell someone that they were a maid of honor. But um yeah, she was kind of my unofficial maid of honor. And so now you get to say where you're at in life. I love it. Okay, so
1: um, I I bounced around through my 20s quite a bit. And I had a couple, one larger, like a few very smaller relationships that just, they were never anything I ever should have had. They were the quintessential Toxic narcissism or uh, control issue problems and the gamut, you name it. Um, so I went through quite a little trial and tribulation to get to where I am today. Uh took a lot of work also on me and myself. I will say that um, in the years between probably my one of my biggest relationships that i had earlier in my 20s to now um it was a it was a it was a lot of work it, it was a lot of individual work and i know that a ton of people are in spaces maybe where you're doing that and i'll just give you the disclaimer that even when you think you've done like as much work as you humanly possibly can and like i'm here and whatever else um sometimes you get to where you want to be just to learn, there is still endless amounts of work we can keep doing on ourselves. So um, I am not the like, I am not the guru of my relationship that I am in right now whatsoever. We do have issues that come up, not all the time, but we do. And I have to keep working through myself, and how we communicate those and handle them and deal with them. But I can very proudly say today that I am in a relationship with one of my absolute best friends, with someone who I, when I think about it, I, I can't imagine and can't fathom how I haven't known him my whole life. I don't know. I mean, we were even literally sitting a week ago on the couch and he looked at me at one point and just just randomly, just doing nothing and just goes, you know, I can't believe that I haven't known you forever because it feels like I I I have. And I just am kind of sitting there going, Yeah, it's I feel the same way sometimes. And the only thing that I regret is that somehow I didn't find you sooner. But there is another whole piece of me that goes, if I would have found him sooner, I hate to say I would have not been in the space to probably be able to do this. So yeah, yeah to me, um he came right at the right time in my life and his life where we were both very ready for something. I did find him completely by chance like I found him on
0: hinge. I will not lie about that anywhere mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. is exactly how I found him. yeah, well, um my husband and I also met on OkCupid okay so. See, there we go. It's yeah. not, you know. Um, don't, <laughs> Do don't, dating app relationship success stories over here. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. They can work. I will tell you most of them are horrendous. Yes, Most of the things you find on there are going to be horrendous. But if you wait long enough, you just might find the right one. Yeah. And thankfully, I did. And what's very fascinating to me is a bit in the way like Kayla and I. His and my personalities are incredibly different. And the way that we handle conflict resolution, different things, very quintessentially different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very much so. Like I am a sit and stew, and I need time to process and think through every bit of how I feel, and I do this silently, which I will tell you is not fun for anybody. If you're one of those people, the other people around you don't love it. It makes them no. feel very awkward. No, they when don't. you need to mentally process through absolutely everything and then come to something. But we've worked, we've been together three years and we got engaged in the summer. We'll be getting married next summer. So I am very thrilled to be marrying him and I'm very excited for that. But, you know, we've just had to learn to work through just like Kayla and I have in our own relationship. We've had to learn to work through the fact that we're pretty different in a lot of ways. Like there is no way if you would take a description of Connor and a description of me and put them on paper, you'd never add them together. You you probably never would. You'd be like, this is not going to go. But mm-hmm. it does. And I, I think – and Kayla can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think once you get to a place – and this is going to be – I think this is going to end up being such a common theme on this podcast that it's going to span the whole length of any episode that we will ever put out. When you are in a safe and comfortable space with someone else, it just changes things. The ability that you have to have a give and take and to see people's faults and their strengths and be able to make those work in a positive way and find ways like puzzle pieces to get those to fit together. I think when you are in that comfortable space with that person where you feel like you have that, you're able to do those things. I don't think that if I hate and I hate to say it to people, I don't want you to like ever feel like your relationship is just bad and not worth it or whatever. But I will say from someone who did live through a relationship where even though we would try to work on these exact same things, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel secure. I didn't feel like who I was and everything that I am was just good enough at my baseline of who I am is always good enough for you so yeah. that when I do fall short of that person that we both always want me to be or you do vice versa, it's, it's a momentary thing. And it's something that can be moved past and worked through and be done. But I will say, I think that is the biggest thing I've learned from the relationship I am in now, which I will be going into my marriage, is just that when you have that safety and security it will be enough to make it all work. I've just, yeah. I've reflected on that from previous relationships to now where I see the difference of, it, it wasn't that I didn't love them, but I didn't feel safe. So yeah. I wasn't able to, to do these things. So. That's where we're at. I am. I do not. We don't have any children. We are. Uh, we are complete dinks right now. And I am not going to lie. I. I do love being dinks. I. I
0: do. I. It's great. It's For a, the people it's a, that don't know what a dink is, including myself. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> so a uh, a dink would be double income, no kids. Okay. That's what we're doing in Seattle right now. We are both working full time. And uh, we have no kids and we're just kind of still going through single, well, together, but not family life yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I truly love this stage. I think it's great. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what the next stages bring. but. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're doing. And just for everyone's background, if you do want to know, I work at a private social club in Seattle. That's what I do. So it really doesn't have much of a bearing on anything for this podcast, in my opinion, of what I do there. Um, I worked in medical before that. Love hospitality industry way more. So went back to that. And, you know, I just the way I like to preface it is it's a country club with no golf course. If you cut the golf course out that's, that's what we are. And so I get to hang out with a lot of interesting and cool people every day and let them have a good time. So that's, that's me, what I do, where I'm at in my relationship. Um, and I think we're onto, uh, maybe letting people know how we knew that you might end up in this career (laughs) because there was definitely a very early indicator that like Kayla may end up in mm-hmm. a career involving sex relationships. I mean, even possible birthing itself. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that industry
1: of the birth industry. Yeah, are 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 you good? If I kind of take it away with this one.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to know, and we will definitely be getting into this in other episodes, but I did really like what you were saying about your relationship feeling safe and secure, because I do think that that is probably the number one thing I would say to look for in a partner is How or you know what you should be attuning to when you are looking for a partner is how do you feel when you are with this person, and I felt the exact same way with my husband. So I would love to actually have an episode where we talk more about what does it look like to, you know, pick a partner for yourself and what things indicate that that person would be a good fit for you. Um, But definitely attuning to how do you feel with this person is probably one of the number one things to do that um so thanks for sharing your story about how you feel with connor and i'm glad that you feel that way since you guys are getting married and i will also know i am alex's maid of honor for her wedding in uh july next year as well so yes let's get into our fun story and then we'll hit on some pop culture really quick and then we will be done with our first episode so yeah if you want to Lead get into us it in, go for it all righty so we were in the
1: second grade and it was some type of
0: like school like pajama day ish type party where i want to say it was green and green eggs and ham day from i don't book. think you're wrong i think you're probably yeah. very correct yeah. um yeah.
1: it was a party with literal ham And I think they actually did make freaking green scrambled eggs that we had to eat. And I, good (laughs) God. So we have this giant party that's happening with both second grades. So both of our classrooms, big party, probably like, I don't know, 40 kids or
0: whatever it is, right?
1: Yeah. We're
0: down in the auditorium. Yep. All in our PJs. Had
1: sleeping bags set up. The whole thing all ready to go. And I don't know how this act, like how we got to here. I I truly don't know. I just don't. Um, I don't either. <laughs> I don't know if there was like a lull in conversation or play <laughs> that prompted this. But I will preface with from when we were very, very young and little, Kayla was not like me where I have no idea what I want to do and I like everything and I'm, you know, blah, 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 whatever. No, no, no. Kayla knew very young. She was going to be an OBGYN. That was what she was going to be. <laughs> she was going to spend the rest of her life delivering babies in a hospital. And that was, that was what she wanted to do. So yeah. God bless Kayla's mom, Kathy, who took her daughter at a very young age, which, which shout out Kathy for being so progressive at that time, Right. where a lot of parents probably would not have done this, but she right. did, took Kayla to the library to get any type of educational books, anything for that grade level on how babies are made, what, how they're delivered, all around the whole topic. So Kayla could be as educated as she wanted to be on this, because like we've also said, Kayla is definitely a good chunk of a bookworm. Like she, she loves to educate herself on topic, and there's nothing wrong with that. I. Thank God for it because it's how I learn a lot of shit from her. So <laughs> that is a great part of this. But
0: well, let me fill in a little bit of background too. So okay. uh, yes, you totally have this completely right. I for some reason was very obsessed with babies and I just thought it was the coolest thing. Probably and even have siblings. Probably. But I would watch this uh, show on TLC, if anybody remembers this show, called A Baby Story. And it basically just followed, like, a pregnant woman oh, God, through, like, I the end of her pregnancy and then showed the birth. I remember um, that TV kind show. Kind of a weird concept for a show now that I think about it. But I I loved this show. Um And so somewhere in second grade, I like begged my mom to tell me where babies came from. I was like, I want to know. I need to understand (laughs) these concepts. And so, yeah, one day she took me to the library. We got some books on it. And I just remember like reading through the books. And I don't really remember exactly like how much she was like answering questions that I had or not. But I just remember... Getting to the part where it was like, penis goes in vagina. And I was like, that goes in there? And Mind blown. Yeah, total mind blown. And my mom was just like, yeah, it does. <laughs> I think she was very uncomfortable, but also was like trying to be cool, trying not to shame me in any way. No. And yeah, I, serious shout out to my mom for being... I, I don't even know if she was like... I mean, she must have consciously been doing that because that was a very like pointed decision to make. But um, I think I just got very excited that I had this new found knowledge and I needed to share it with my fellow classmates and make sure that they all knew this amazing thing that I just Found out, yeah, Kayla. (laughs) Just
1: for anyone ever to know, and and we'll have so many episodes on different things, so you will definitely learn this the more you listen to us. Oh, you will learn she does not ever gatekeep any knowledge she gets. Like, when by the time we get to talking about birth and different ways to do birth and pregnancy, by the time we get to that section of the podcast, you will really learn that oh my god. This girl is so knowledgeable on anything she sets out her mind to find out about. And no, she does not gatekeep it. She never has, which thank God for that. Um, But I don't know if that was something the teachers were probably thanking God for on that day. But so as we have, you know, all of these lovely little sleeping bags out and all of this stuff going on, Kayla decides that she is going to give basically a lecture to our second grade on exactly how babies are made. And I kid you not, there was a part of the lecture where Kayla as a second grader explaining how we make a baby looked over at kids that were snickering and actually said to them, if you can't be mature enough to not laugh, you maybe shouldn't be hearing this. It was a version of that. Like, I don't know if that was exactly word for word that you shouldn't be hearing this, but she did call them out for snickering. And the fact that if they're not mature enough for this information, maybe they're not mature enough for the conversation because you don't need to be snickering. It's not that
0: funny. I oh, love yeah. that because I don't remember that part at oh, all. I remember that because
1: I was sitting by somebody laughing in that circle as soon as they heard a penis goes in a vagina and they started giggling of course and you really called that out you were just like no no <laughs> this is this is my second grade ted talk and if you're not here to listen and focus and not find it funny you can you can get out of the ted talk it was hysterical it was truly like this was the foreshadowing just for all of our audience to know of you know if you had any doubt of maybe why and how Kayla would turn into a relationship family marital sex therapist this was the foreshadowing we thought she was going to be an obgyn but we went different route and i have to say to be honest with you i actually love that you went this route as opposed to obgyn i find it more fascinating and i love it so i love that but yeah just so everyone does know this love of this topic truly began for her at a very young age. This is not something we just decided one day when we were thinking about different routes to maybe go into for psychology and what type of a therapist we might want to be that, oh, you know, let me just pick something on the page and sex and relationships look fun. No, no, no. She's She's been doing this for, for forever. So that is the lovely, funny, story of foreshadowing of how we kind of got to there. yeah. So that's just a little funny tidbit for you guys to kind of have a little backstory on why and how we're
0: here. Yeah. I will say the, you know, kind of interest in birth definitely revived being a mom or Becoming pregnant myself and having to relearn about all of it, go through that experience firsthand. I definitely have revived that. And even though it's not what I do in my job on a day to day basis, I definitely have a side passion for talking about all things birth and also very much enjoy working with couples that have kids. And I definitely can empathize with that experience a lot better now that I've gone through it myself. So, um, we will definitely be having some episodes to talk about motherhood and birth and all the things, but not today. No,
1: not today. Um, I think where we're at for our last one of yeah. today, it's going to be our hot take. So we had yeah. this lovely idea of a hot take, um, a, du- a double pun, if you will. HOT is in H O T and uh, interesting, intriguing, popular. Also, H O T is in the initials of this podcast. So, yes, <laughs> very funny. Um, and the one that I kind of wanted to bring out for today is the relationship that is getting more media coverage than anything else happening in the world right now. Yes. I swear to God. And Kayla (laughs) is a diehard Ed Sheeran fan, which I love Ed as well. There's no chance he would be listening to this ever, but just in case you were, Ed, you were phenomenal live. You were freaking (laughs) phenomenal live. But... I would die if he was listening to this. Podcast. Oh, I know you. Oh, I know you would. Um, she goes really hard for Ed. I adore Taylor. I adore I I really do. I will be honest about it. Every day and twice on Sundays. I love her. I adore her. I think she's one of the most brilliant songwriters of this generation. Absolutely. And I I just she she fascinates me. She truly fascinates me so i do kind of love that the whole world is so
0: fascinated with her right now um i think that's kind of fun but i will just say i am still a fan of taylor she's just not like my top top but no my son is a swifty we've been listening to a lot of taylor swift the last like six months yes we we are we are swifty household so i
1: love that okay (laughs) okay so yes we both we both really enjoy right okay so um Anyways, the relationship that has taken the world by storm, Mr. Travis Kelsey and Ms. Taylor Allison Swift.
0: thank you even know her middle name?
1: Yeah, I do. I told you i <laughs> I do know. I do know her middle name is Allison. I know that. But anyways, for the context of our podcast and talking about relationships, I just thought that since this is what's going on right now and it is such a huge, momentous covered topic is the relationship between Taylor and Travis. And why is everyone loving it so much? Why is it so intriguing to the whole world? I mean, of course, yeah, a pop star and a football player. Yeah, that's kind of fun. But I mean, the absolute way that they have literally dominated everyone's attention in the media for this long I don't think we can just attribute it to fandom. It's not just fandom. I don't think it is. I think that all people we love a we love to be able to see the possibility of a happily ever after. We like that. We we want we want to see something that's good that we see is lasting that you know has has that ability to just go the distance. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've seen her in many ways now n- in, in no offense at all to Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah, we see you Sundays, Thursdays and Mondays through all of football season throughout the year. That, that is very true. Um, I'm not trying to say we had no idea who you are before Taylor. We, we did know,
0: but I did not know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well oh. I only follow the Seahawks and loosely. Right, rightfully so. In terms of personnel, I don't. I've watched games, but I don't actually know all the players except for like the star players. But anyway, yeah.
1: I have. I I was never a football fan whatsoever. The only thing I, I
0: knew know about I football know. was. Um, he's proud of you that you got Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. In there.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, you know that that's kind of what happens when you marry into a very football-centric family. Yes. Um. We have a member who is coaching for the Vikings. So I follow the Vikings football and what they're doing. Um, and of course my adorable fiance has his little make-believe team that he creates and and does through (laughs) the, through the season. So we've got his make-believe team. We have real teams. I think they're called fantasy teams, you know? (laughs) They are called fantasy, but I just think it's funnier to call them make believe because they they are make believe. This is not real. Like as much as men in society want to believe that their fantasy team is really something real, it's not. It is true make believe. Okay, it is just make believe. Like that. That is what this is. Not meaning to shit on them, but yes. So I have become a lot more of a football fan. Now, am I a Kansas City fan? No. I'm not. And does Patrick Mahomes irk me to high heaven and just give me the ick? Yeah, yeah, he does. I, I don't really like Patrick Mahomes whatsoever. I just don't. Him, Brittany, not my cup of tea, not my bag. But Travis, on the other hand, has this adorable childlike quality to him and this kind of wonderment and excitement and happiness and just gives overall good guy, happy-go-lucky vibes. Like, I I don't know how else to frame it. He actually reminds me a lot of of my fiance in that way where I am not that way. I can always find something to, like, go off on or, you know, have a big opinion and all this other shit about. Like, no, he's just trying to happily live through the day and have a great day and and smile for most of his day. That's kind of how I see Travis. And I think that the world has been able to see... For him being that and very family-oriented, because, you know, for people who are football fans, you know that he's got his podcast with his brother and he's incredibly close with his family. Very family-oriented guy. Um, Trying to spend as much time with his parents, his brother, his nieces that he can. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So you've got that, right? And a person like that. And you have Taylor who has lived out of the spotlight now for quite a few years. Um, you know her her previous relationship, you saw her once in a great while somewhere, but you never saw them hardly ever anywhere. They were never in public. They weren't doing there weren't really displays of affection that were that you got to see or or, or anything like that. And I'm not trying to make an opinion about a celebrity relationship where the media wants to follow every bit of your life because I have no idea what that's like. I don't know how that feels. So I understand also wanting to keep parts of your relationship private. I completely understand that. Like your relationship, every bit of it isn't entertainment for everyone else on the planet. Like it just, That's not what it's supposed to be. And I do feel bad that very famous people, that is exactly what we do to them. They become our entertainment. Their ups and downs of their relationship become entertainment for us to just take in. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I get that. But there's this sense that I also get and see of I don't know if all of the other men that she's dated, I seem to have a feeling that they might have had a bit of an insecurity with her star power, I guess we can say it, or her big personality and energy and everything that she is and brings to anywhere she goes. I mean, she yeah. truly is enigmatic. Like it it is insane the 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 crowds, the everything that she can draw. It it is. Right. So yeah. I get that that might be hard for a partner. I I fully recognize that because, you know, you never want to feel like everyone knows them and loves them and it's always all about them and it's never really about me. I'm her sidekick, right? Like I'm, I'm that person to her. And, but it almost felt like the way that she went into hiding for the past six, seven, eight years here, it almost felt as though... She did that to make the other person feel more comfortable, which this is a very common theme in that I know Kayla and I will get into in other episodes of relationships. That you do go out of your way to make the other person feel more comfortable in situations where you know they aren't. Like that is just yeah. a part of being sensitive to your partner's emotions, right? That, that right. that's a very common thing to do, and that's okay. But when you're doing it for eight years at a time, that you guys can't go on vacations. You can't go out to dinner in New York. You can't be seen anywhere because it's too much of a hassle for me to be seen in public with you. And you just cause too much of a fuss everywhere you go. It's just, it's more than I want. I would rather us sit inside, have everything delivered, have everything come to us at all times because going out in public with you is just too much on me. Yeah. Just the simple fact. That when you see them together in any of these media appearances right now, he is so supportive of exactly who she is, just like she is of him, right? They are making such an effort to show up for one another in the arenas where they are both very successful at what they do. Mm -hmm. And neither of the two in any of the photos, video footage, anything you're able to see of them, no one – feels any sort of insecurity by the other. It is I am here to support you today in what you're doing and watching you win today and kill it and the whole day be about you and what you're good at doing and bringing to the world. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic and I am going to celebrate that and I'm going to cheer you on in every way that I can and I am going to show my face to the world that I am here to cheer you on. That's something I think we all want in our relationships and should have.
0: And I think
1: that this is the first time that we are seeing this for her. We are really seeing – and vice versa, she does it for him too. But I mean you're seeing him show up at the concerts. You're seeing him – watching awe. You're seeing him pump fans up for her, not just hide backstage and wait for her to get done. He's interacting with people to make people more excited about her and who mm-hmm. she is. And yeah. I just think that that's a really fascinating thing for us as the you know media audience to get to see something that we should all strive to have in any relationship that we're going into as a pop culture thing that I could pull into this today. Just thought that's a very neat thing to get to see from what we've seen previously. And I think it's just something great to remind us in our own relationships. Yeah.
0: Well, I think to just summarize it, cause it, it almost goes a little bit of a step further than just being happy for your partner, even though you're having a shit day. I think it comes more from being secure enough in yourself that you are able to be proud of your partner for what they are doing and not take it as a personal attack if they are doing well and you are not. Um, Very well said. That's their stuff. And you know, you are doing you. They are doing them, and then we're coming together to support each other in life together. Um, and you know, I've heard a lot about this too of the fact that he's kind of in his own field, and she that you know he's a football player, she's a singer. They're not kind of in the same industry where maybe they would compare each other to each other That's as Yeah. and so he can kind of just you know be the star in his own arena and she gets to be the star in hers and then they can just praise each other and be there for each other to support each other as much as they can where I don't follow her relationships as closely but it does sound like she has previously had relationships where maybe her You know, boyfriends weren't as supportive of her because she's, you know, usually the star. And I think they have typically been a little bit more insecure about where they stand in kind of her shadow. So it sounds like this relationship is a good balance for her to feel like she can have the support that she needs. I'm sure that he can have the support that he needs. And, they're both genuinely just secure enough in themselves to be there to support the other person.
1: Can I ask you, just because I also do note that they're both, you know, they're they're near our ages. I mean, they're both a little bit older than us. They're closer to our significant others' ages. Do you think there's any bearing on the fact that they're now both in like their early to mid thirties? I think they're both about 34. Like, do you think that maybe some of this is also, does it come with age a little bit too? Not just in who you are and you consciously making those choices, like you're saying, to work on yourself, to be secure in who you are. Do you think as a therapist, any part of this also does come a little bit with age where once you just learn enough and can I've kind of have had the... Ones that don't work to get to this point a little bit. Do you think it's a little bit an age thing too?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know his background at all. Honestly, I don't know anything beyond the fact that he's a star football player and that he's Taylor's Swiss boyfriend right now. (laughs) So I don't know what his background is in terms of his dating history. We all know that obviously Taylor has had a you know speckled dating history of many many suitors that have tried and did not end up succeeding um yeah i think there's a lot of different factors i think age definitely can play a part again as you have said as long as you have done the work i mean there's plenty of people that go through their whole lives and don't ever take a step back and try to have some introspection about what didn't work in my previous relationships and how can I improve that in, you know, my future relationships. So working to find a person that suits you better instead of continuing in the same patterns that you have had before. So, you know, something has had to go right for them both to get Get to to this this place place that they're at now. And I'm sure a lot of that is personal experience It could, you know, just be age of maybe just being done, you know, taking whatever person comes your way and actually trying to be more intentional about who you're choosing, you know, depending on what their goals are. I don't know if they, you know, have plans of marriage and family and that type of thing. But obviously, once you're getting into your 30s, having kids is more on your mind. So um, Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different things. I don't really feel like I know them well enough to speak specifically to what's happening, but I'm sure, you know, there's been experience and maturity there to now say this is a healthy relationship. And obviously, as us looking in from only a very small, you know, piece of what's going on with them, um, we don't really know you know the full scope of their relationship but on the surface or at least what they're showing to the public it it does seem really healthy and it seems like they're very much in love and happy to be with each other and i'm glad that they're still in that when it's been put on such a public Microsoft. stage oh like, god yeah it's insane how big their relationship has gotten at this point so um I mean, I will
1: say, yeah, it's a little bit crazy when you own a nine hundred thousand dollars house that you have to sell to buy a six point nine million dollars house to actually have privacy in your own backyard. Yeah, that's a level of people looking in on you that I, for the life of me, cannot imagine. Um. So yeah, props to props to props to continuing the love and cuteness and all of this through that. Because, yeah, that seems kind of difficult. And when everyone has an opinion, you know, that's got to be hard. Yeah. For for most people, we don't walk around with the entire world having an opinion of our relationship. Like, no, most of us, thankfully,
0: don't have to deal with that. So... No. I feel like it's a catch-22, though, because if you try to hide it. I mean that's such I feel like that's such a burden on a relationship too. Just as much as it's hard to put something out there in the public eye and really be kind of out and proud and not caring who sees what. So, I think there's pros and cons to both, but it seems like they're feeling comfortable to just let it fly and try not to care about probably all the media coverage that they're getting.
1: I love that. And I love them. So good on them. I'm so proud of you two for finding each other. Never would have dreamt this up in a million years. But you know what? As Travis said on his podcast, I believe the other day, if your dreams aren't big enough or bigger than you, what are you doing? So just remind a good, our listeners to a make good sure and, and dream big because – If you dream small, then it might only get small. Yeah,
0: everything starts with a dream. This podcast included. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (sighs) So, on that note, I think we have done enough time on this episode. Great job. A little long winded, but. We're new to this. So
1: yes, give us a little bit of grace as we're learning the cadence of us podcasting together and having these conversations with each other and with you guys, because we're very excited to be here.
0: So Yes. yes, we are. So again, if you liked this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, We would also love to do some listener questions. So if you would like to leave us a review and either, you know, share your thoughts about what you think about our podcast, like a normal review. Great. Um, If you also want to leave us some questions or topics that you have in mind that you would like us to talk about, that would be fantastic too. We would love to share those on our episodes Um, and as always, please just tune in to our next episode. And until then, we hope you all have a great day and we will see you next time. See you next time, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.